It is so good to see you. I'm glad you're here this morning. And to see some that have gotten back, and I'm glad you're back, and it's good to see you. As I told somebody this morning, they said, it's good to see you, and I had my mask on. I said, well, what you can see of me, so. Well, I can see of you, but I'm glad you're here today. Um, With little granddaughters at the house, quite often, especially at mealtime, We've taught them, as I'm sure you taught your children and maybe your grandchildren, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. By his hands we all are fed, give us, Lord, our daily bread. Um, It's amazing, as I began to think about that, the theology in that simple little prayer. It's good theology, it's a good place to start with our children, remind them of God's goodness, God's greatness, and God's provision for all that we have. But if you notice that last phrase in, the, in that children's prayer, it sounds a lot like the prayer that our Lord taught us. Give us, Lord, our daily bread, and give us this day our daily bread. Would you pray the prayer with me this morning? The words will be behind me on the screen just in case you need them. Let's pray together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Do you notice the amazing breadth of the prayer? How we go from the heights, the highest heights, we're praying to our Father in heaven. We're, we're remembering his, the honor, the glory, the, the holiness of his name and promising that we're going to live our lives according to, in such a way that we'll never bring any disgrace upon his name whatsoever. We, we, we've talked about his kingdom and about desiring to see his kingdom come. And I tell you, as we continue to see the unrest in our nation, we, we again want to see a time when God's kingdom would come and justice will truly reign on this earth. We, we long for that. We also desire to see God's agenda being promoted and being done. Thy will be done. All these things are the very highest of the heights. And then we get to what seemingly seems so mundane and insignificant. And give us, Lord, our daily bread. Daily bread. Jesus echoed Moses. And Moses said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Yet Jesus still recognized and appreciated the need that we have to eat. He realized if we are going to seek the kingdom of God, if we're going to do the will of God, if we're going to honor God, we do so in these physical bodies. And our physical bodies need to eat. Otherwise, we won't have the energy. We won't be able to maintain life in which we might serve God from these bodies. Yet still some individuals, when we think this prayer is just really kind of simple, just simply we're we're saying, Lord, provide us with the bread so we can eat and so we can live and so we can serve. There are still some that say, well, that's really not what Jesus meant when he talked here in the prayer about our daily bread. Uh, What Jesus was talking about was associated with the Lord's Supper, some say. 
Because very early in the life of the church, uh, this prayer was associated with the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Supper, put them together. And and so it's talking about coming to the Lord's Supper and and the spiritual nourishment that we gather, that we gain as we come together and and celebrate the Lord's Supper together. There are some others that say, no, what Jesus was talking about was the spiritual food of the Word of God. We we, we just got finished singing, "This this is my daily bread, your very Word spoken to me. There's an old hymn that says, break thou the bread of life, dear Lord, to me, as thou didst break the loaves beside the sea. Beyond the sacred page, I seek thee, Lord. My spirit pants for thee, O living Word. And so the prayer is about... uh, getting the truths of God's word and hearing God's word and feasting upon that and letting it fill our lives. The other interpretation is that Jesus was talking about himself. He identified himself as the bread of life. And surely there is encouragement, there's strength that comes when Christ abides in us and we abide in him. And so knowing Jesus as the bread of life, that's what Jesus was praying for. And yet there's another interpretation that uh, has a Jewish understanding behind it, that the bread symbolizes the kingdom of God. In Luke's gospel, you might remember that one time a man spoke out to Jesus and said, blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And the Jewish understanding was that when Messiah comes, he's going to establish his reign, but he's also going to have a great banquet and all that are loyal to the Messiah will be invited to come and to feast there and to celebrate there at the banquet. So all these interpretations about what it, what it means when Jesus said, give us, Lord, or give us this day our daily bread. What is our daily bread? Well, I've got something very profound for you. Hang with me. You're going to get blown away. Bread here means bread. Jesus is just simply saying, I recognize that you need to eat. I, I recognize that you can eat food for your body. If you're going to be healthy, if you're going to have the strength and energy to serve and to live for God, you've got to have. So Jesus taught us it's okay to ask God about our daily needs and to bring those before the Heavenly Father. Indeed, I want you to see this morning that God invites us to look to him for all of our needs, physical and spiritual. That God knows that if we're going to serve him, we're going to serve him from these bodies. But God also understands something that we need to understand And that's how desperately we do need him. That apart from him, we can do nothing. We want to seek his kingdom. We want to honor his name. We want to do his will. But even then, we can't do that unless God gets involved. And God strengthens us. And one of the ways that God strengthens us is physically. So that we can do that. And he does that by providing us with bread. And so, as we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're praying, Lord, rather than worrying, I depend upon you. Have you ever worried about where your next meal is going to come from? I have to be honest with you. In all my years on this earth, I've never worried about whether I'm going to have a meal or not. I don't know what it's like. And yet, there are people in this world today that have that very concern. Where will they eat today? Where's that food going to come from? In Jesus' day, it was not uncommon that that the common man would work for subsistence wages, which meant what he worked for today is what he lived on today. And so if he's going to eat today, he's going to have to work today so that he might have food. So this prayer really became important to the, far more than you and I, but I I don't know. Have you ever stopped and worried, what if I'm injured and I can't work and I don't have Aflac? Then what do we do? 
Well, Jesus is telling us, rather than worrying, depend upon your heavenly Father. And and trust your heavenly Father. Knows what you need before you even call upon him with that. He knows that. Trust him. Trust in his provision. Trust in his provision for life. We are the beggars coming before the Almighty. We are dependent. We are the creatures. He is the creator. We are the needy ones, and he is the provider. That's what Jesus wants us to see. But sometimes we see this on the grand scale, and we fail to notice it on the, on the smaller scale. I mean, on the grand scale, we understand if it were not for God, there would be no life. It was God that created us. We, we get that. We think about our world and the way that our world, uh, this earth that we live on, is sustained by God. That if the moon were just a little closer to the world, to our world, our earth, than than it already is, if it was just a little bit closer, we would have massive floods that would cover the continents and erode the mountains. That if we were just a little closer to the sun, we'd burn up. If the world turned on its axis... A hundred miles an hour instead of a thousand miles an hour, our days would be ten times longer, which would mean in the daytime it would become so hot it would extinguish life, and at night it would become so so cold it would freeze to death. We're dependent upon God for this great planet that we live in as it makes its circumference around the sun, as it turns on its axis. Just God is holding all that in place, and we get that. But sometimes we need to stop and realize it's also for the small things. I mean, like I said, you and I don't worry about food. We, we, we know where to go get food. We go to the grocery store. I mean, yes, we have to wear a mask now to go to the grocery store, but we still can get to the grocery store. I remember the pandemic first began and we began to start asking those kind of questions. What are we going to do? What if this lasts long? How are we going to get around it? But even then, we still figured it out and, and we've still had food. may not have had what we wanted, but we didn't go hungry, did we? As a matter of fact, they talked about the, the COVID-15. Or for some of us, it might be the COVID-30. It's the pounds we put on because we're not doing anything else, and so we're sitting around eating. We're not worried about that kind of stuff. And the reason it is because we know how to get food. I mean, let's be honest with you. I know how to sow the seed. I know to harvest the grain. I, you know, we, we can figure out how to make flour out of the grain and then make bread. We, we know how to do that. And yet we forget We don't know how to make seed. If God doesn't make the seed, there is no seed. We forget that if God doesn't act, the seed doesn't germinate. Because I don't know how to make a seed germinate. I know know how to put it in the right conditions so that it will, but I can't make the seed do that. That's, That's God's work behind it all. And then the seed begins to germinate, and a plant's produced, and the plant then produces the fruit, and... I don't know how to do that. I know how to put the conditions in place, but it's God that does it ultimately, and we are dependent upon him. And it's in realizing this, we begin to understand something about how we matter to God. Body, soul, and spirit, our physical, our spiritual, all of it matters to God. So that even our bodies matter. Jesus taught us that just simply by his life. As he ministered to people, many times he ministered to their physical needs. If they were sick, he healed them. If they were weak, he strengthened them. Those that were hungry, he satisfied their hungers, their physical hungers. He provided food. Those whose bodies were broken, he, he mended them. 
And God demonstrated to us what he thinks about our human bodies because he became flesh and dwelt among us in the person of Jesus Christ. And he honored the physical body by that, that, very, by that very act. So that these things matter, and, and they matter to God. And Jesus wants us to understand your needs matter to God. And it's more than okay. It's right that we would come before God and acknowledge him as the provider and say, Lord, we're not going to worry we're going to trust you. We're going to look to you. We're going to depend upon you. And so as we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We're saying, Lord, we're not going to worry. We're going to trust in you. We also, as we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We're praying, Lord, today I renew my trust in you. Notice that Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day. In effect, he was saying, teach us or, or he's teaching us to give us, give us bread today, the, the, what we need today. Behind the petition is the story in the Old Testament of the children of Israel as they left Egypt and were on their way to the promised land, and they found themselves hungry, and God provided manna in the desert. Every morning they got up, and there was manna that covered the ground, and they were told to go out and harvest the manna. Get as much as you need for today. Get as much as you need for your family for today. And the Bible tells us that whoever gathered had much, uh, whoever had gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them who gathered had as much as he could eat for that day. They had all that they had. They were, they were to go out Monday through Friday and, and get enough for that day, except for Friday, on, no, Sunday through Friday, excuse me. On, sun, on, on Friday, he, uh, they were, he had a double portion that would get them through the Sabbath day, the, sub, the, second, the seventh day, um, and, and then they would have a plenty to eat, and, and nobody lacked. But there are some folks that didn't trust that there would be food the next day. And so what did they do? They gathered a little extra. And what happened to that little extra? It bred worms, and it began to stink with a foul stench because they didn't trust God. And, and all God was trying to do was say, listen, trust me, Day by day. Been fun watching your stock market portfolio this last several months, hadn't it? Did you ever find yourself wondering what's going to happen? Is this thing going to ever rebound? I'm grateful that it seems like it has rebound. Not not every not recouped all the losses, but a lot better shape than I thought it was going to be in. But did you ever find yourself worrying about those kind of things? I tell you, if, if, you're on, if you're on retirement income, yeah, you more so than other folks. If you're getting near retirement and you're thinking, this is what I've got to retire on, trust me, I'm there. You begin to start looking and wondering if that money's going to be there. And we look at our nation today, the civil unrest. and we're, Where are we going as a nation? What's going to happen after this? And then this whole disease, this, this virus that's going around, and we're worried about that. And God's wanting us to, wanting us to just simply stop and relax and trust him for today. God can be counted on for tomorrow. Don't misunderstand me. But you're not, you and I are not guaranteed tomorrow. So God said, listen, just, just trust me for today. That I'll provide for you for today. And, and you need to have the same kind of attitude that the psalmist had in Psalm 37, 25. Where he wrote, I have been young and now I am old. I have, uh, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. God says, just trust me for today. 
And so, Lord, I'm going to trust you for today, what you're going to provide me for today, and I'm going to let tomorrow take care of itself. As we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're also praying, Lord, I look to you for my needs and not my wants. Some of you are old enough to remember the great theologian from the 1960s, 1970s, Janis Joplin. You remember that great theologian, don't you? And the song that she sang, Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all have Porsches. I must make amends. She also sang, Lord, won't you buy me a night on the town? And won't you buy me a color TV? And I know that she was poking fun at believers. I think she was poking specifically at the televangelists who were out there telling everybody that God wants you to be happy, healthy, and wealthy. And so, therefore, she just had a good time at our expense. And yet I wonder sometimes how many, just how many of us really think that's what prayer is all about. God, I, I've got all this big want list. Why don't you just come and fill out my want list? Because after all, you want me to be happy. And we forget, as Rick Warren tells us, that God's not concerned about our happiness. He's concerned about our holiness. But we think it's all about that. Jesus was really careful here. Give us this day our daily bread and not give us this day our cake. Give us this day, our daily. That word daily means needful or necessary. Give us this day what I need for this day is what it really comes down to. What's needful, what's necessary for right now. Here's the deal. God is not obligated to care for us the way we want him to. But God has obligated himself to care for us the way we need him to. And those two things are not always the same. More times than than not, we want more and don't think we're going to be happy until we get more. And then we finally get more and then discover we got more to worry about than when we had less. We got to think this. I think this through. We think we're going to be happier, but we're really not with that. See, God says, "I will provide for you what you need for today, and if we're wise, we'll be satisfied with that, because we've already learned, haven't we, that we are satisfied when God provides what we need. We have been, and we'll always be satisfied because He's always enough." And his provisions are are always enough. Lord, I'm going to look to you for my needs and not my wants. As we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We're praying, Lord, use me to meet the needs of others. If we are not careful, our prayer life can become focused purely on ourselves. It all becomes, again, our, our, our wish list, our want list, our shopping list. Lord, give me this, give me that, give me that. We might get really, really generous and think about our family and include them in our prayer. Or people in our particular group, we'll pray for those. But it never gets beyond that. And Jesus deliber- deliberately chose to stay away from the first person singular throughout the prayer so that you and I would begin to understand it's not just about me. There's a greater family that we need to be concerned about. There's a greater audience that we need to be concerned about. So that instead of becoming preoccupied with ourselves, he wants our hearts to reach out to others. God has promised that he would meet our needs.
but he meets our needs so that we can meet the needs of others. So that he can work in and through us. The principle remains the same. God blesses us, not so that we can hoard the blessings upon ourselves. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. Paul wrote and said, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. All your needs, not all your wants, not all, your, all the luxuries that you think you've got to have. God says, the things that you need, I'll provide for you. But there's a context in which we read that. I heard somebody the other day on the radio quote that verse. But there was a context and it really defines what God was promising there. Because Paul is writing to the Philippians who had been a people, if you remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, who in deep poverty still gave sacrificially and even begged for the privilege of giving. They had given to support Paul and his ministry. They had given to support the, uh, the believers in Jerusalem. They cared about them. They were giving. And Paul was saying to them, because of your willingness to sacrifice and give, God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. As God enables us to work day by day so we can provide for our needs and provide for our families, it's not just us that we're to provide for. Paul wrote to the, to the Ephesians, Let him who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. It's always to think beyond ourselves. So even as we're praying, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Make us mindful of folks that don't have daily bread. I said, most of us here have never been in a situation where we worried about where the next meal was going to come from. And yet there's a world around us where there are people who live with that uncertainty every day. And they ought to be on our hearts and minds. And they also need to be a part of our spending plan as we give so that others might also enjoy the benefits that we enjoy. As God provides for us that he might, through us, provide for them that we can be a blessing because we are blessed. And we'd remember that as we pray. This petition for daily bread helps us to see something that we need to see. That in God's worldview, there's no such thing as a divide between the secular and the sacred. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew language, there is no word for the word Secular. All of life is sacred as far as God's concerned. Everything that you engage is, is is sacred. And that ought to be your view as well. That whatever you're doing, you will recognize, I am set apart for God. I am set apart from, for his purposes. And so everything that I do is, is sacred. As I read a book, as I eat a meal, as I watch television, as I take care of my body, as I take care of my family, as I take care of my church family, my brothers and sisters in Christ, as I care for the people across the street who may not know Jesus, as I care about the people across the world that don't have enough to eat, that do, don't know Jesus, all of that is sacred. It matters to God. God knows what we need. 
if we're going to serve him, if we're going to seek his kingdom, if we're going to honor his name, if we're going to do his will. God knows what we need. He's aware of our needs. He's able to meet our needs. He wants to meet our needs. So Jesus promises us, as we focus on God's kingdom, he will manage the affairs of our kingdoms. What we're seeing in our nation today, the the unrest, is showing the, the breakdown in our kingdom. We have things the way that we want them to go, and they're not going that way. And so we worry and we fret and we fuss and we fight because, let's just be honest, we don't know how to manage a kingdom, not even our own kingdoms. But we worry about all these things because we can't control the circumstances and we can't control the situations. And Jesus says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? So as an antidote, Jesus offers us or makes us an offer that if we're wise, we will not refuse. Jesus said, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So Jesus is offering this to you. Focus on his kingdom, and he'll manage yours. Praying for daily bread is a legitimate activity for every Christ follower. We need God. We need his provision. But we must not forget, again, what Jesus said when he was echoing Moses, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. God has designed all of our physical needs to point to our deeper spiritual needs. And our need for daily bread is an indirect reminder of our daily need for spiritual sustenance and satisfaction that only comes from God. And the only way that we will ever taste the goodness of God's provision for us and for the authentic life that he created us for is by living according to what comes from his mouth. And that is why Jesus referred to himself as the bread of life. He is God's ultimate provision for our spiritual lives And so that each time we pray for daily bread, we should also recognize our deeper need for the bread of life, for the one who truly can satisfy the deepest hunger of our lives. Let's pray together. Father, we come this day declaring that we are a a needy people, dependent upon you, Lord, for everything. If not for you, there would be no physical air to breathe. There would be no food for our bodies. You provide. And Father, we're grateful. The Lord, teach us to be more mindful so that we might be always grateful for what you provide. Lord, we live because of you. In you, we live and move and have our being. Teach us, Lord, to be grateful. But Lord, also teach us to be dependent. Remind us that all the declarations of independence and self-sufficiency are myths. We need each other, but Lord, even greater, we need you. And so, Lord, teach us 
to call upon you and look to you for every provision of every need that we have. Knowing, Lord, that you love and you care for us. And you can be trusted. Help us, Father, also to think about others. And to recognize, Lord, that you bless us so that we might bless others. Lord, you've taken care of us during this pandemic. Well, there's other people around us that are suffering. Keep us ever mindful. And Lord, help us, even with social distancing, to figure out how we can help meet the needs of folks around us. To show them your love, your concern, and Lord, ultimately show them who Jesus is. By the way we act, the way we behave. Help them to see Jesus in us. Father, I pray this morning for someone here that has yet to come to know Jesus Christ as their bread of life. To come to know the hope that comes only because of Christ. The relationship that's available with yourself that only comes through Christ. The life that's meaningful and purpose-filled and abundant that only comes through knowing Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that if that person's in this room or if that person's watching on the internet, that Lord, even now your Holy Spirit is saying to them, this is you, but they'll also realize you're there. If they'll just call upon you, you'll meet them at the point of their need. Be glorified, Father, in our lives as we live our lives each day depending upon you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.